This weekend is a very simple one for our meditation. Two kings are involved. Two kings that are involved in the pursuit of seeing this newborn king. What will be a king? He is a king, but not recognized yet. But the others are recognized as kings in their own right. They both have different responses to this birth. And really, that's our meditation. What is our response? Who do we side with? Matthew's gospel, the whole gospel in Matthew is always showing us people who should get it and, and end up losing it. They should get it and they don't. And then those who shouldn't get it do. That's a, a, a pattern throughout all of Matthew's gospel. The blind end up seeing, but those who see are the ones who are really blind when it comes to matters of faith. Faith is such a fragile thing, friends. I think most of us know that at some level in our lives. It's very fragile. I mean, we can go through motions. We can force ourselves to stand, sit, and kneel. But the whole time we can be thinking about the game or what we're having for dinner or, you know, what the people in the pew next to us are doing. And there's absolutely no heart, no intention there at all. Faith is very delicate. And it needs to be treated as thus. I think all of us could probably give a long list of people who we knew at one point were very faith-filled people and have abandoned, abandoned the faith. All we need to do is look around. Not just here, but throughout the world. Our world. And so, when we think about the players in today's reading, uh, think about our, them in relation to our own hearts and minds. At any moment, any of us could lose the faith. And it's lost simply by not being attentive. It's lost by tragedy and heartache. How could a good God do this to me? It's lost by a misunderstanding of what God's intention is, which we spoke about and thought about throughout a good deal of the Advent season. If we are expecting A, but God intends Z, we're going to be in trouble. Not God, but us, because we're the recipients of God's grace. He's trying to call us to a certain target, a certain vision. But if we're always looking over there thinking, well, this is what I'm doing. God needs to catch up with me. We're going to end up missing the mark. And that would be a sad day for all of us. So let's look at this reading for just a moment. And we can take it home with us in our minds and mull it over. Herod, as we know, is the king of the Jews. But how did he get there? He stole the throne. That should give us an indication as to why he is responding the way he is to this one who is called the newborn king of the Jews. After all, if it was easy enough for him to steal it, how much easier could it be for someone else to steal it. 
And you know, I think all of us can relate it, again, some level, as to the effect of sin in our life. When we've been involved in sin, what it does is it breaks our spirit and it breaks something within us. And we're always looking over our shoulder. A certain paranoia sets in. And Herod is paranoia number one. When we look at the history of Herod and the, what he was involved in in his life, something simply was not right with that guy. And everyone was terrified of him. He killed, what, eight of his ten wives, his brothers, his sisters, a great number of his children who were a threat to the kingdom, to his power, to his position. The man was certainly not right. But where did that come from? You and I could probably sit in the modern world and pull out our psychological textbooks and come up with all kinds of labels that we could throw at the guy. Theologically speaking, we would say sin. Because what sin does is it comes in and it divides. It divides a soul. It divides the mind from the heart. It divides people from one another. It divides us from God, who is our life source. Sin is always about division, splitting asunder, separating, which is why we need reconciliation, which is what the king, the newborn king, has come to bring us. So Herod there is playing the, the game when, that he's always played. He's all about politics. He's not a Jew. Faith is really not what he's about. Even though he's the king of the Jews and the, the Jewish people are looking for the king, the Messiah, the one who will bring about this reconciliation of which we all long for, Herod's not part of that group. And so Herod, as we know the story, because again, we're looking at it from a different perspective, we're looking at it hindsight, Herod tries to pull the wool over the eyes of the Magi. Oh, where is he? I'd like to do homage too. We know that's not true. The Magi. Who are the Magi? Magi are people of high education, of royalty, probably from Persia. Now, this is the beginning of it. Now, it certainly does change over time, just like we could say, you know, there's Catholics, and there's Catholics in name only, right? There's, there's cultural Jewish people, and there's religious Jewish people. There's ethnic Jews, and there's religious Jews. Just because we have something in our blood doesn't mean we are acting upon it. We're all baptized. We should be having the blood of Christ flowing through us. But again, how many have walked away from our own lineage. So these magi here would have been like soothsayers, astrologers. Their religion was different. They were faithful people, but they didn't have the gift of divine revelation of which the Jewish people, of which you and I, have. So they were working from a different light. It was God-given because God's the one who gives us light. But it wasn't the same as what the Jews had or what you and I have. But clearly God was doing a great thing, wasn't he? Because even through their religion, 
He was bringing them around through the back door into faith. They shouldn't have got it. They got it. Herod should have got it. Herod didn't get it. What about you? What about me? You and I born and raised in a country that claims to be founded on Christian values, a Christian virtue, a system of virtue, a system of living a life that has been informed by divine revelation. Most of us have been raised in families that have long lines of faithful Catholics, or at least Christians of one flavor or another. We're allowed in our culture, unlike others, to walk outside and yell, Jesus is Lord, without the threat of being arrested, yet. We're allowed to get in our cars and publicly drive here and walk out of our car and walk in and publicly worship. We can have signs in our yard, signs that say things that are crazy, but also signs that could say something like, you know, I'm an IHM school family. We have all kinds of things that look like, smell like, feel like, taste like Christianity. So did Herod. Jew, not Christianity, but the fruit of divine revelation. He should have got it, but there was something blocking him. And what was that something? Sin. His own theft. Theft of the throne. His own greed for power. Greed for position. His own desire to maintain what always has been. We've heard that, haven't we? But we've always done it this way. Doesn't always mean it's the right way, but we've always done it this way. Yeah, you've always walked into a wall, banged your head, and you bleed to death. You want to keep doing it? Go ahead. Yeah, we've always done it this way. Just because we've always done it this way doesn't mean that today is a new day and maybe we better look at something different, doing it a different way. So we look at Herod. We look at the Magi coming from the east, from Syria, Persia, people who are not part of the people of God. Gentiles, like you and I, outsiders, the unwanted, the uninformed, the uneducated, the lower class, the second class, the no class, the broken class. This is the Magi. How is it that they get it? How is it that Herod doesn't? One is seeking truth, one is seeking self. As we go through our week, there's a lot for us to reflect on today. In light of the scriptures, notice there's no third path. There's no third king involved here who takes a halfway option. Well, I love Jesus, but on my terms. No, whatever we say, however we say it, our actions say more. Herod clearly said, I want to pay homage to him. But we know his actions, the death of the holy innocents in trying to get rid of this one who is the newborn. 
So as we go through our week, let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us courage to look inside and to say, where am I speaking one phrase, but my lifestyle isn't exactly attuned? Or where is it that sin has so clouded my mind that I don't see my own personal corruption? God has given us a great gift. It's called repentance, a life of conversion, a life of looking inside and saying, I'm not all that I want to be. I'm not all that you want me to be. And he's given us an opportunity, not of judgment, not yet. We're just at the beginning of the story. That will come later at the end. But we're at the beginning. And we see these magi giving themselves, they're so blown away by the gift of forgiveness, of mercy, of reconciliation. You and I should be the same as we approach the Eucharist. God is present. At least our church tells us that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us investigate and look within. Are we as convinced as the Magi?